Hey guys, welcome back into the Fresh Football Takes podcast, episode two. This is the week two reactions, and I'm also going to be doing the uh, Thursday night analysis here on the episode. Um, be sure to follow the new Twitter account, the official Twitter account for Fresh Football Takes, at Fresh Football, at F-R-E-S-H Football. And to join the conversation, plug in the hashtag at, or excuse me, hashtag fresh football takes i have a guest host today my uh my editor my uh keegan you're keegan my keegan yeah that's right i'm here what's going on guys hello 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 glad to be in the fold you ready to talk about some football today keegan yep we're gonna talk about a lot of crazy and interesting football why don't you uh plug yourself real quick let people to know where to find you on twitter oh you can find me at Keegan RH. That's at K E E G A N R H. And remember to join Keegan and I on Twitter uh, in the conversation at hashtag Fresh Football Takes. So Absolutely. I guess we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in here to the analysis, and we're gonna start with the Thursday night game, of course. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. The game was in Cincinnati. In case you guys don't remember, I picked the Ravens here. I thought that their defense was going to be explosive going to shut down the Bengals to an extent enough at least but that didn't happen the Bengals put up 34 uh, with the final score being 34 to 23 and we'll keep on the Ravens defense for a second Keegan I got a question for you here is the Ravens defense as good as they were last year or was the week one matchup against the Bills sort of a mirage I think the jury's still out there, Tony. I I really do. I mean, they looked real good against the Bills. Everyone knows they uh, the Bills are easy to beat up on at this point. Of course, yeah. Um, everyone thought they would handle Andy Dalton. They usually do. Um, Andy Dalton's had a couple of down years, and the Ravens' D just could not get it done in that first half. They looked pretty bad. I say first half because they did bounce back in the second half, which was interesting. Um, even though they, yeah, even though they lost a, uh, a key player, CJ Mosley, they lost him in the first half. And that's why I see the jury still out because moving forward without him, he's such a big part of that offense that, um, it remains to be seen whether or not they can really get it done without him. But I think the Ravens D is, um, is still going to be pretty solid moving forward. I think they pulled it together in that second half enough for me to, to say that they'll be okay. Fair enough, and and I feel a very similar way. Um, speaking of the C.J. Mosley injury, they are going to have to try to do it without him for at least a couple weeks. I've heard it's not supposed to be anything long term. Yeah, it's a bone bruise, I think. Yeah, so it maybe a week or two, um, but they'll have to figure it out short term here. Yeah. Um, but let's jump then to the Bengals' offense. I know that Oof. they did a lot better than I thought they were going to. A.J. Green. They look legit. On they look <laughs> legit right now. On Thursday night when I was watching that game, uh, I th- really thought A.J. Green was the best wide receiver in the National Football League. That man was incredible on Thursday. At one point during the first half, I think midway through the second quarter, he had three receptions, 43 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he's a big target, and when Andy Dalton can get him the ball and you know he's protected, Andy Dalton needs that protection. The Bengals held up really well against the Ravens' front, you know, and uh, – yeah, it was a fun first half for them. Joe Mixon looks like a player. Joe Mixon, yeah, he was 21 for 84. He didn't quite score, but 
He just looks so that's, explosive. That's about four yards of carry. That Jesus. that's all what you ask for from a starting running back. But he did actually have an injury. He was in and out in the game. I'm sure that say, you noticed. Game. He's actually. Uh, I've heard reports that he needs to have surgery. He's actually already had the surgery, I believe, and it's just to clean up some some loose bones in his knee, I think. But he's going to miss some time. Yeah, so I hope he'll be all right. He's he's a fun player to watch for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then just one thing I wanted to touch on again um, for this game, and then we'll move on, was Joe Flacco. This is a team that I think is built to run the ball. I did say in the last episode that the receiving core was better than than last year, absolutely. But it's still a team that you can tell really wants to run the ball. And Joe Flacco threw 55 passes in this game. That's not a recipe that the bank or that the ba- the Bears, the Ravens. Uh, that's go. not that's not an, a recipe that the Ravens want to use to succeed, and I don't think that they can if they're going to ask him to throw 55 passes in a game. Yeah, I don't know who the Ravens are yet. You know, it's like it's like they can't decide what they want to do. Like you said, they they say they want to run the ball, but then they take their best runner, Alex Collins, off the field. They got a bunch of players behind him. And they're using them instead of him when he's he looks the angriest when he runs, the most certainly the most explosive when he runs, you know. And then they got Flacco with the 55 pass attempts. So I don't know. It's like they can't decide what they want to do, and they're getting caught in the middle. And the results are showing on the field. At least they did against the Bengals. Yeah, I would like to see them kind of pick their identity and and stick with it. Yeah, I, that I, ground game. Yeah, I think that they're eventually going to turn into a uh, run-the-ball, stop-the-run kind of team. Alex Collins, man. He's he's looked good last year and in limited action this year. And, uh, yeah, they just need to get him the ball more, and they'll be all, all better off for it. Absolutely. Um, do you have any final thoughts, then, on this Ravens-Bengals game? No, it was a good one. Um, I think the AFC North is going to be interesting. The Steelers are off to a shaky start, so... Mm-hmm. The Bengals looking real good, so maybe they'll take it back again. And then there's always the Browns. Yeah. So, again, I did pick the Ravens, so I will start 0-1 on the week. It was not a good start. And then mentioning the Steelers here, we'll jump to the Sunday games with the Chiefs at the Steelers. Woo. Patrick Mahomes. Woo. 23 for 28. 326 yards and six touchdowns. And I don't think any of them were just those little tap passes. I think that they were – because people were, people were knocking him for that. The two of his touchdown passes were just kind of the little tap passes. But Travis Kelsey over the middle. Yeah, Tyree Travis Kelsey Hill. was uh, 7 for 109 and 2. Hill was 5 for 90 and 1. Jeez. And Watkins hit 6 for 100. They're getting everybody involved. Five, five different receivers caught touchdown passes, including Kareem Hunt. And they don't have a rushing touchdown yet this season. All through the air, baby. This is Andy Reid's dream. This is Andy Reid. This is the new greatest show on turf. Dream. I'll tell you that. That's what I read in the headline today. I Whoa. swear. That's bold. That was interesting. That's bold. It's so far through two games. Three games in the Pat Mahomes career because he did start week 17 last year. Correct. So three games in the Pat Mahomes era, and we're already calling it the greatest show on turf. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't hate it. If, if he can keep this up, man, what an incredible team they're going to be. Let's jump to the Steelers, who um, who I really thought were actually going to win this game. I don't know if I reminded you guys of my pick, but I thought they were going to win. But, man, they're just becoming – they're quickly becoming dysfunctional. Uh, Antonio Brown was throwing a fit on the sidelines, didn't show up to practice yesterday. They had off today, so we don't know if he's going to come in tomorrow. But 
apparently he just wants the ball. He just wants the ball. That's always been him. I don't think that it's going to affect him much, though. I think we see this from AB about once a year. And Keegan, please, if you feel differently, interject here. But I feel like we see this again for maybe once a year. He complains. Everyone tries to make a big deal about it. The Steelers say it's fine. The next game, they get him 15 catches for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, it kind of seems like that's how the Steelers have been operating Maybe, and now we're only starting to see it come out in the open because of the Lev Bell situation and because of everything else that's going on with the team. I mean, with this matchup, you see a rookie coming up against Big Ben and an offense that's always high-powered, and you think they're going to take it at home, at their home opener, I believe. And that, Yeah, the tie was in Cleveland last week, so yeah. Steelers Pat Mahomes comes in and just wipes the floor with them. I mean, they kept pace, but... They never had the lead, I believe. So it's 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 really incredible what the Chiefs did and the Steelers, how that uh, that's a perfect word for them, dysfunctional. They look very dysfunctional. You know, people like Jesse James are getting the passes. Juju Smith-Schuster is coming out. James Conner. Like, these are people you did not think they would be solid part of the offenses, yes, but not the huge parts of the offense that they are because the stars are either not playing or they're not getting the ball enough for their standards. I do think a lot of people expected Juju to be involved quite correct, a bit. Correct, correct. But I understand what you're saying with Jesse James, even James Washington early, um, James Conner. And speaking of James Conner and Lev Bell, I know you mentioned him a little bit ago too. Um, while he looked electric last week, not so much this week. Eight for 17, and he did get the touchdown. Correct. But only eight for 17. I don't think he did too much in the receiving game. Uh, in the in the past game this week, so maybe we should slow our roll on uh, James Conner and Lev Bell. Please come back soon. It looks like we need the Steelers. To, uh, the Steelers need you, excuse me, to save them. So, ball's in your court. But, again, I, I picked the Steelers here. Uh, it was a high-scoring game. While the Steelers' offense did play well, their defense definitely let them down. It was 42-37 uh, to 37 Chiefs. So then the third game on my docket here we'll move on was the Jets-Dolphins. And I was very bullish when I picked the Jets here. A lot of people were. Again, I I think that the Dolphins made Coming me off eat. that Lions game, I mean. Yeah, oh, that, they, crushed the, they crushed the Lions. But the Dolphins here making me eat my words when I called them garbage last week on the podcast. So I guess I owe the Dolphins a, an apology here. I still don't see the long-term success, but you definitely got me this week, Miami. Uh, it was really a team effort. Nobody really stood out for Miami, but everybody did enough. Everyone did their part. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore were a good one-two punch. Um, the receivers, they all they all contributed a little bit. Uh, the defense as well played huge. They had three turnovers against the Jets. I believe it was two picks, and then they forced the fumble when the Jets were driving late to try to make it a game again, and Robbie Anderson had the fumble there. So the Dolphins really really played pretty well. Uh, I don't think that there's many complaints from from Dolphins fans, so we'll see how they do the rest of the season. But then speaking about the Jets here for a minute, uh, Sam Darnold really kind of came back to earth. I talked about those rookie growing pains last week. We definitely saw them this week. He was still he was still 25 for 41, which is you know not bad, not the best, but certainly not bad, especially for a 21 year old rookie. 
Um, he threw for 334 yards. Again, pretty impressive. Um, had the touchdown, but he didn't throw those two picks. And that's really what I think almost killed them in the, at, the, at the end of the game. Quincy Inunua is looking to be his go-to target, though he was 7 for 92. He didn't catch the touchdown. Uh, I'm not 100% sure who did. If we can get a, uh, a check on that, Keegan, while I continue to talk about this game here. Um, the Jets' defense also did very, very well. Um, they really only hold, held the Dolphins to 20 points. Uh, they didn't have any turnovers, but they were kind of a bend-but-don't-break defense. I don't think that they were put in the greatest position a lot of the time, field position-wise, due to the turnovers. So I really think that they did the best that they ki- that they could, given those circumstances. So we'll see if they can continue to build on that, if the offense will continue to be as inconsistent as it is. Um, we'll just have to see. It's, the offense is going to go with Sam Darnold, and we'll see what happens. So we'll move on to the the Eagles Bucks game here. I think we're having some tef- technical difficulties on the on the research, but that's okay. We'll come back to it later. So Eagles Bucks, uh, I picked the Eagles, even though they were on the road. I thought Fitzmagic was going to come back to earth, but he didn't. Another 400 yard performance with four touchdowns. Threw a pick, but it didn't matter. Uh, they still won the game. The Bucks did 27 to 21. Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard both had 75-yard touchdown catches. Djax had over 100 yards total. I don't think O.J. quite broke 100. I think that that was really his his main, I guess, his main performance of the game, his main play. Uh, Evans also had 10 for 83 and one, had a solid game, a bunch of catches, uh, and they needed it because the Bucks could not run the ball. Uh, everybody would thought that Peyton Barber would be fine as as their running back while they slowed Ronald Jones the third in or Ronald Jones the second I believe, but he's been a healthy scratch the first two games and they might think about bringing him on for the third game here. Um, and then I do know that Keegan here is an Eagles fan, so I'll let him talk about his feelings about this game real quick before I get into my analysis of it. Yeah, it was a tough one. Um coming in you know we saw what they did to the saints in uh week one you know they put 48 points up on the saints the bucks did that is and um yes correct so you thought coming in that you know it was going to be a little tougher than we initially thought but it really disappointed me the way the defense came out i think i think a lot of the problems were ultimately preventable on defense but some of the schemes were just sort of confusing I wasn't sure why um defensive coach Jim Swartz was lining some players up the way they were especially on the long touchdown to Deshaun because as many people know he's a former eagle and um you know that he burns you deep yeah that's, I'm sure he was happy with his performance against that, his old team he he always seems to do this to us and that's exactly my point you know he he burns us he burns the eagles and it doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't defend for that coming out of the gate because you know that's what he likes to do. So, I don't know. But the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks, I mean, they may be the real deal for all we know. I mean, they do have a couple good receivers. I mean, some would say, some would argue, Tony, that they have one of the best receiving cores in football, if you think about it. Wow. How do you, uh, what do you think about that? Wow. 
So when you first say that, you just think, no way. Throw the bucks. Come on. But then you really look at it. Mike Evans is a monster. He had a down year last year, fine. He's still an absolute stud. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has, like you said, proved that he could still take the top off the defense. He did it to the Eagles this week. Uh, I believe he even did it to the Saints last week one or two times. So he can still he still has that game-changing speed. And then Chris Godwin is looking to make that second-year jump, and he has. He's done, he's done pretty well so far in the first two games. So, like I said, my knee-jerk reaction to that would be, no way, absolutely not. But then when you think about the Bucks receiving core, they – they might have one of the one of the top receiving cores in in the game when you look at all three of them, and then throw in OJ Howard if he can make big plays like he did this week. Man, you're right. That passing attack could be scary. I know. I thought the same thing. It's it's surprisingly good, and I think it's crazy that it's because Jameis Winston has been there, et cetera, et cetera. He's been kind of having growing pains, this and that, and now Fitzpatrick, a veteran with a real arm, who's had you know historically a bunch of up and down seasons but he loves to sling it maybe he's found the right pairing and who knows sky's the limit for them at this point in week two you know Jameis Winston does not start when he comes back from his suspension I don't think I don't think you can how do you pull one of the only guys maybe the only guy to start a season with two 404 touchdown games yeah he's he's the first guy in history to do that or, or meeting yeah joining a bunch of players I forget even Deshaun Jackson Stat said check. it. You can't. Even Deshaun Jackson said that you cannot bench Fitzmagic. I realize we neglected to talk about the Eagles' offense, and really the Eagles kind of as a whole. Um, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not talk about it. Come back, Carson Wentz. That's all I got to say about that. No, come, see, come back, Carson Wentz. See, I was looking at the stats today from this game, and if you look at the stats, it the Eagles had a fine game. Yeah, Ertz but then did if good. you, but Foles if, did good. But if you actually watched the game, the Bucks dominated. I know the score was twenty-seven to twenty-one. It, it was technically a one-score game, and you guys had a chance at the end. But watching it, like I said, the Bucks really just had hold of the game the whole time. I think nobody from the Eagles particularly stood out. Clement had a pretty good day. He did get the touchdown. Got a little bit of work in the passing game, but. Other than that, I mean, yeah, you guys really need Carson Wentz back. And, and word has it is that he is coming back this week. I believe he's going to be starting for you guys against the Colts, I believe, coming up this week. And stay tuned for Friday's episode when I when I make my picks to see who I'm going to pick in that game. And one last thing. Have you heard anything about the Ajayi injury? I know it's a back injury, but do you know anything about his how much time he might miss, if he's going to miss time at all? The Ajayi injury is weird because when he went out of the game, it looked like he was just cramping up really bad. It w- it was a very hot game, so like that had a lot to do with the performance. I totally understand that. Um, but yeah, Ajayi in, in particular, he went out. They said it was a back injury. He was getting worked up on the sidelines, and it looked like his back was just cramping up. But um, and he came back out, too. That's the other thing. He came back out. He had a touchdown. Yeah, he was in and out of the game, or absolutely. Maybe not a touchdown, but he, he had some big runs, you know, here and there. Um, but then, yeah, now this whole thing is coming out, and I believe I've read that he may sit week three. 
So I think it, I saw that too. So it must be more severe than we know. Um, it's probably a pull or something, um, or maybe he threw his back out, played through it from adrenaline, what have you. But yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, um, I feel really good with with Corey Clement. He's I think he's a stud in the making personally, and um, him and Smallwood. Smallwood's a pretty decent complimentary back, and we could get Sproles back too. So it seems like you guys have had Smallwood for forever and have just never been sure how to use him or when to use him or or anything like that. But maybe now with the Ajayi injury, and who knows, Sproles was hurt when when he'll play again. Uh, maybe they they'll be forced to figure out how to use Smallwood now. Yeah, at this point, it's well known we're digging very deep into our reserves in pretty much every offensive uh, position. So um, I guess we're going to see what, what kind of depth we have everywhere um, <laughs> because we have a lot of guys that are banged up right now and um, other people need to step up. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. So before we move on to the next game, we have sponsors now. Episode 2, and we already have sponsors. We are moving up in the world here at Fresh Football Takes. So, we'll get right to it. Um, This next portion of our show is brought to you by Potato Chips. You sit on the couch, you pull the bag open, grab a a fistful, shove it in your mouth, and that crunch is so satisfying. I've never felt a better sensation. Absolutely delicious. Potato Chips. The perfect snack for watching the game. Again, this has been brought to you by Potato Chips. I love potato chips. Yeah, me too, man. Potato chips are delicious. They're definitely one of the go-to snacks here for the, for game day here at Fresh Football Takes. So back to the game analysis. We're going to look at the Browns and the Saints here. Uh, Actually, Keegan, one quick yeah, what's second. Up? I have a, uh, a little bit of the stat updates we left hanging back there. Um, the Jets touchdown was scored by Blaw Powell. Oh, that's right. The air. That's right. I and do remember that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is tied with Joe Namath for the most fifty plus touchdown yard fifty plus yard touchdown throws through a team's first two games. How many is that? Four? Five? Four. 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 That's a tie between the two. Wow. So there you go. You cannot bench Fitz Magic. I cannot say it enough. So now, now, <laughs> oh, poor Eagles. All right, so now, now we'll officially move on to the the Brown Saints game. I picked the Saints here. Uh, I am certainly glad I did not have any sort of spread or any sort of over under because this game was ugly. This game was ugly. The Saints wound up pulling it out in the end, getting me what I believe was my first win on the week. I I started out very, very poorly. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that. Uh, midway through the first games, I was freaking out. I, I was looking at a 1-7. You know you have to thank for that. Zane Gonzalez. So I normally... You know it's true. I don't like ridiculing people. Uh, he's a man trying to do his job the best he can. I uh, wasn't ridiculing him. I'm just saying you owe him for getting your pick right. But yeah... Uh, Zane Gonzalez, while I, I think it's unfortunate that you are no longer employed, uh, you, you kind of did help save my week, so I definitely appreciate it. Two um, missed field goals, two missed extra points. A lot of those points would have probably won the game for the Browns. Yeah, I think so. So I guess we'll stick with the Browns here. They traded Josh Gordon on Oof. yesterday, on Monday, 
for a fifth round pick to New England. To the Patriots who just needed that help. Of course, of course they did. They were in such need. So but we'll we'll talk about that a little later when we talk about the Pats. Then I, I don't really know if it affects Cleveland too much because they they haven't had him. So it it's really no different for them, I don't think. Um if anything, maybe a little easier just not having to worry about if he's gonna play or not. Um, but the best of luck to Josh Gordon, and, and we'll see what happens with him in New England. But sticking with this game, I'm really not sure when the Browns are going to win their next game. They should have won this game, like, three times. If it's not one thing, it's another. Absolutely. With Cleveland. Absolutely. Uh, their defense looks good. Their offense looks all right. It looks like it can win games. I just don't know what happened. It's just Cleveland, I guess. It's it's really it's got to be Cleveland. It's got to be. It's bad luck. So Michael Thomas, then on the other side, on the same side here, Michael Thomas, I said that he would not be able to sustain that week he had last week, that sixteen for one eighty and two. And I mean the yards regressed, but that's about it. He was still at twelve receptions, two touchdowns, only eighty nine yards, but. Again, Michael Thomas has never been that big play guy. He's always just been that possession receiver, move the sticks, go-to guy. I I don't think that anybody else on the Saints had any more than maybe five or six receptions, and I think that might have been Alvin Kamara, who, of of course, they're going to dump it out of the backfield to him a bunch. But Michael Thomas is essentially the man there. Um, They don't run the ball. They don't run the ball very well, I should say. Not until Ingram gets back. Without Mark Ingram, they... Then they'll be fun to watch. Yes, I think more fun than they are now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I, I I think that when Mark Ingram comes back, he may turn this team. He may pull this team to a whole new level, because then they'll really have that run presence, and he can catch the ball too. So it'll be fun to see when uh when Ingram comes back. But yeah, this game was not. It was an ugly game, uh, not too exciting. I did pull out the win. The Saints did win twenty-one to eighteen. Um, like I said, my first win on the week. So we'll talk about the Colts and the team from Washington next. Uh, this was another loss for me. I, I picked Washington. I really thought that Alex Smith would be able to have his way with the Colts defense. But the Colts defense was my biggest takeaway from this game. They looked, they were the best unit on the field. They were better than the Colts offense. They were better than either unit f- from the Washington side of the ball. Um, they didn't do anything special, but they also didn't let up a touchdown here. I know I know there's nine points, but it was three field goals. So that defense, I think, really stepped up, especially while Andrew Luck struggled a little bit. T.Y. Hilton was still fine. He posted a seven for 83 and one slash line there, um, and that's fine. You know, you you can't ask for much more than that from your from your number one receiver. And then looking at the Washington side of the ball. What I thought was the most interesting looking at this game from the Washington side is that their leader in rush yards was a wide receiver in Jamison Crowder, and their leading receiver was running back Chris Thompson. A little flip-flop there. Yeah, I wonder how th- that can happen very often. Uh, Adrian Peterson all day AD, uh, 11 carries for 20 yards, so he definitely slowed it down from his, uh, from his week one performance. But, I mean, Washington as a whole just didn't look very impressive. They did have a couple picks off of Andrew Luck. Like I said, Andrew Luck struggled a little bit. Um, but other than that, they really didn't They didn't look very good. 
Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, week two, you're trying to figure out, like, the hierarchy of teams. So you have the Redskins that start the season by putting a hurting on, on Arizona. And then they come in, and you think the Colts' D is, like, historically soft. So you think, oh, Alex Smith is going to be able to put up points on the Colts' D. Then the Colts' D completely shuts down the Redskins, and now you're left scratching your head going, what are these teams? You know, you think Andrew Luck's going to light it up with T.Y. Hilton. And, you know, he did okay, but he didn't have his best game by any stretch of the imagination. So it's just, yeah, this was a weird game. You know, you're still trying to figure it out with these teams. One, getting Andrew Luck, their franchise quarterback, for the first time in over 600 days. And the other, still trying to figure it out with their new quarterback that they just got from the offseason. So, yeah, it's it's just... It's we're, we're still trying to figure it out. Absolutely. It, it, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. And just one more thing about this game, and then we'll move on to the next game here. Uh, Keegan, you did mention that they beat the Cardinals week one, and, and, and looking at it week two, I mean, we'll talk about the Cardinals here in a few minutes, but, I mean, that might have been a mirage because they were playing the Cardinals. But, again, we'll talk, we'll talk about the Cardinals in a minute, and you'll see our true feelings on them. So we'll move on here to – the Chargers and the Bills, uh, I would like to start this by saying thank you, Buffalo, for not starting Nathan Peterman. Um, I don't know how you can continue to throw him out there, especially with his one performance last year, five picks in the first half. Um, against the Chargers? Against the Chargers, yes. Against the, that's why they pulled him. They didn't want to do that to him again. Yeah, they didn't want to do that again. Um, but Josh Allen actually didn't look for his first game as as a prospect that everybody knew was going to be a little bit of a project here, especially with his accuracy, I don't think he did terrible. I really don't, especially against a good defense with a really good secondary, a, a, a good pass rush. Uh, he did throw two picks. Uh, he did throw his first touchdown, though, to Kelvin Benjamin, but I, I don't think he looked all that bad for what people were expecting of him. No. No, he really didn't. Um, You could really see them pull it together towards the end of the game. You know, the second half, they started to put some points on the board. He started to get more comfortable. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think they can do Peterman anymore. I think this was a great showing for Josh Allen to really show that he's the better quarterback. He's He's, at least competent. He's competent. Exactly. He's the one that they should move forward with. He's the one who should start from here on out. And the results might really surprise them, you know? I mean... It surprised me to see the score as close. I mean, it wasn't close, but as close as it was at the end of the game compared to how the Chargers started. Absolutely. Amongst our our friend group here, I have been the highest on Josh Allen. I've actually been known to say that, before the podcast started, of course, I've been known to say that Josh Allen was the only quarterback I would draft in this draft class. So as a Josh Allen truther. Did I say Josh? I might have said Josh Gordon, but I meant Josh. You guys know what I meant. Uh, Josh Allen, as the Josh Allen truther here, I was very pleased by this performance from him. Um, But that does not mean that the Chargers played bad. They still played pretty well. You know, the defense maybe could have played a little bit better, but but they definitely did enough to get the job done. Um, It was really a team effort on the offensive side of the ball. I understand that Gordon did get three of the four touchdowns I believe they scored four. Oh, yeah. But... If you just look at, at the production that everybody had, it was really a team effort. He just happened to be the guy that got, that got the ball in the red zone to score. But everybody, everyone played their part. I think Mike Williams got the touchdown. 
the other touchdown there. Correct. Um, I believe it was his It was his second touchdown of the year. He scored one last week as well. Correct. So it was a team effort by the Chargers. I like them a lot. Um, they beat the Bills 31-20 to up there in Buffalo. Uh, I don't think there's anything else really to say about that game. Do you have uh, anything else you want to talk about, Keegan? Um, no, it's just interesting that, for me, Melvin Gordon is being used a lot more as a receiver than a running back right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I Especially think that's in this really game. interesting. Yeah, because it it just seems like across the league, a lot more running backs are being used through the air than on the ground. Yeah, I think that was really a theme of the whole week, yeah. really. So, And then just one more quick hitting thing for this. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, he, he cracked some ribs. Uh, he may play this week, so I, I don't know if it's anything that's... I mean, obviously, crap, ri- cracked ribs are probably pretty serious by hurt, but he's he's played through these things before, and, and he really may even play this week, so we'll just kind of keep an eye on him and, and see what happens, so... Moving on to who I believe is their opponent this week, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they played the Packers, and I picked the Vikings to win. And at first, it looked great. You're half right. At first, it looked great. It looked great at first. They, they, they were up. They were up big. But Aaron Rodgers pulled in Aaron Rodgers, and they brought them back. They had a late lead. But then my man Kirk Cousins tried to pull his best Aaron Rodgers impression, led them down to a last-minute Game tying drive got the two point conversion, forced it to overtime, and lo and behold, there is another another tie in another the National tie. Football League. Two weeks, two ties. Maybe I should start predicting some ties here, huh, Keegan? I guess so, man. This is this is crazy. This is another product of the bad kicker thing that we're going through right now because the tie. In week one with the Browns and Steelers was Bad also kicking. a product of about three missed kicks. You know, you got Daniel Carlson. See ya. I mean, sorry, but. Yeah, they signed Dan Bailey today. Yesterday. Today? Yeah. Yeah, Dan Bailey. Because Over the past day or two, they signed Dan Bailey. These kickers are really having an effect on the outcome of these games. And now we have two ties in two weeks. It's it's nuts. If the Vikings. Because the Vikings. I feel like the Vikings and the Bucks seem to ruin kickers. Maybe even Cleveland. We could throw Cleveland in there. Yeah, Vikings had some trouble. With if the kickers. Vikings ruin Dan Bailey, the second most accurate kicker of all time, then kickers should no longer be part of the game. That would be crazy. But either way, Kirk Cousins uh, really balled out this week. He was 35 for 48 with uh, 425 yards, four touchdowns. Another one. Another quarterback with 400 yards and four touchdowns. This isn't common, folks. This isn't normal. This is crazy what's happening right now. No, we've had some some stellar performances from some players and then some pretty bad performances, mainly by kickers, unfortunately. But um, Kirk Cousins also did throw a pick, but that doesn't take away from his awesome day. Um, I think that e- an even bigger takeaway for me on the Viking side of the ball was Diggs and Thielen. I understand that they kind of go hand-in-hand with Kirk Cousins, but listen to their combined slash line oh, here. Man. 21 for 259 and 3. Yeah, they were like the fifth and sixth best wide receivers on the week. Like just one, That's incredible. Just one, two, bing, bing. Like, it's insane. That's incredible. Yeah, Kirk Cousins joining this team, a lot of people were like, this is going to be good. But then there were some naysayers saying this was going to be bad. 
this is turning out really good so far through two games. Kirk Cousins looks electric. He looks like he's right on the page with with uh, with Thielen and Diggs, and they are just running all over secondaries right now. Let me ask you a question here before we move on to talk about the Packers here. If we take Kirk Cousins and put him on the Vikings last year and start the season over, give the Vikings Kirk Cousins last season. I know it's only been two games. But he's looked unreal. Do the Vikings with Kirk Cousins last year win the Super Bowl? It's tough. It's tough. It's 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 interesting. I mean, I guess we'll find out this year because the team is really, really similar to last year, only with the switch out of Kirk Cousins. So we'll probably actually see that play out this year. Yeah, and I guess but they have a healthy uh, – not to cut you off, Keegan. They also have a healthy – uh, Dalvin Cook this year, and that defense is stating exactly the same. If anything, they've only added to that defense. So very true with Dalvin Cook too. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But um, yeah, last year it was just such a complete collapse in the championship game for the Vikings that I don't think you could switch out Kirk Cousins for Case Keenum. No, other way, Case Keenum for Kirk Cousins. I know you're smiling about uh, talking about that loss in the championship game last. Oh, thirty-eight-seven. Huh? Yeah, that was that. That was fun. But but that's what I'm saying. You know, Kirk Cousins would he have scored, you know, thirty-some points and tie that ball game? You have maybe to, you have to think so. But I, I mean, again, we'll never know, like you said. But yeah. you have to think he would have at least made it more competitive. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. Absolutely. So then we'll we'll touch base on the Packers here. Um, they really didn't look like anything special. Even Aaron Rodgers, for as good as he is, he he really just kind of looked mediocre. I know he's nursing that knee, um, which I I think really he probably should be sitting out a couple weeks. But he's Aaron Rodgers. He's he's gonna play through it. Yeah, Aaron I, at sixty percent is better than most quarterbacks. At he's play. better than pretty much every quarterback except for maybe Tom Brady, except for maybe Tom Brady. True. Essentially. The end. Um, but I, I think that the Packers player of the game here was Mason Crosby. Five for six, 17 of their 29 points. Yeah, there you go. A good performance by a kicker. Yes. We've talked about so many bad ones so far. There you go. So we get a good one. Mason Crosby doing it for the kickers, doing it big this week for the guys that couldn't come up. Um, and I think that we, I think that we should touch base on these two penalties here. Uh, the especially the one on Clay Matthews. I think that there was also one on Eric Kendricks, the roughing the passer penalties. Um, the league is really trying to make the game safer. But some people will say that they're crossing the line. Some people, you know, see the point of it and, and don't really mind it. I'm of the mindset that the penalties don't really bother me very much. I understand a lot of them are ticky-tacky, and I personally don't agree with a lot of them. But you hear people saying that these penalties are ruining the game, and in my opinion, they're not. They definitely hurt the game a little bit, but they're not ruining it because it, it's not like it just goes against certain teams and certain players. So everyone's going to benefit at some point. It, uh, one game that the call is going to go against you, and you're going to say, you know, what was with that call? There's no way that's a foul. But then, you know, the next game that call is going to go in your favor, you're going to say that was absolutely a foul. So I, I really think it just kind of balances out. You just got to take it. It's just another random factor to the game of football which has many you know random variables in it by itself yeah very well said um you know everyone's been mad at a ref call um 
I'm sure the Packers fans were probably mad at that call because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Cousins threw an interception on that play, right? And then I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do believe I th- it was either that an interception it, or a three and out or something. It I was a believe, pivotal play. Yeah, I I think that it at least kept the drive going on that game tying drive at the right, end of the correct. game. I think correct. So that's that's brutal. I mean, that's brutal. You know, Packers fans know any any fans know, but. But like you said, it evens out, and um, you you just got to know that they're doing it for the safety of the players, and uh, yeah. You know what? I think it actually happened in overtime, and that's what gave the kicker the chance to win it in overtime at the very end. And damn, I mean, I guess lucky for the Packers, he missed. But still, uh, you would like to think that a kicker should probably make it from where he made it. So really, it, it should have cost them the game. And if you want to blame the refs, I mean... That's your prerogative. I I won't because, like I said, sometimes it goes away, sometimes it doesn't. We just kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll figure it out eventually, but just got to be patient. And, hey, it's still football. It's still a lot of fun to watch. So I think that pretty much wraps up that game there. Again, I, I took another tie as I picked the Vikings, but really whoever I picked, I was taking a tie, so it really didn't matter. So the next game here is the Panthers and the Falcons. The Panthers' defense, in my opinion, was supposed to be the deciding factor in this game, even though it was in Atlanta. But Matt Ryan had quite a bounce-back game. Um, I'm going to need a stat check here because I'm pretty sure I wrote this down wrong unless Matt Ryan had probably the greatest day of all time. I have him going 23 for 28 with 272 yards and 21 touchdowns. I'm pretty sure I, I, I goofed wow. that somewhere, but if, if that's real... Yeah, I didn't read that. Today, yeah, if that's so. real, then... I know we don't talk about fantasy, but that man's on your fantasy team yesterday, if if that if that's a real stat line. So we'll get that correction here, but I'll, 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 I'll stick with the Falcons here. Uh, Calvin Ridley called his first touchdown pass. Uh, I think that he is a very good compliment to Julio. I think that when the the Falcons drafted him, they wanted to go back to the days of the dominant Roddy White, Julio Jones. So I think that he's a good pick. I think that they're going to do that over time, and we'll see what happens. And I, I'm getting a cue that that stat correction is actually 272, two touchdowns and one interception. I believe I just put the slash line in the wrong spot here on my on my notes. So... Again, a few fantasy heads. Maybe you can uh, slow your roll on on trying to get Matt Ryan real quick. But um, we'll talk about the running backs here now. Devonta Freeman obviously didn't play. I believe Edo Smith got a little bit of work going in this game. But Tevin Coleman did perfectly fine without Devonta Freeman. Tevin Coleman has the talent. I think that on most other teams, he's probably their starting running back. He went 16 for 107. Uh, he didn't get a touchdown, but... The Falcons really kind of spread it out. I think that Matt Ryan got two rushing touchdowns in the game, which is really uncommon. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. They did get the win 31-24. to Their defense wasn't as hurt as I thought they were going to be with the loss of Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, who I actually found out. I don't remember if you guys listened to the last podcast. I wasn't sure exactly how long that they were both going to be out for. I knew that they were both going to at least miss a little bit of time. But I, I was informed that they're actually both already on IR and going to miss the season. So that's unfortunate for the Falcons. Thankfully, though, for them, they were able to overcome it. Unfortunately for me, because, again, I did have the Panthers. But the Panthers didn't look very special in this game. Their defense didn't play all that well. Um, Cam Newton played fine. Um, 
actually he played pretty well. He had 32 for 45 with 335 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. But I think that Christian McCaffrey, CMC, really looked like their their best offensive player on the field. He, again, we're talking about running backs really helping out in the receiving game. He had 13 receptions, I think over 100 yards. Yeah, there's another one, 100-yard game. Um, he historically, so far, historically being last year and the beginning of this year, hasn't had success between the tackles yet as a pro runner but that's not stopping him from using him all over the field in space just feeding him the ball he's he's fun to watch in space he's fast he's quick he's got moves um cam's starting to really like him and with the loss of greg olson unfortunately for an indeterminate amount of time with another foot injury um they're really going to lean on him i'd like to see them get dj Moore more involved he's another one of these high profile rookies with you know, comparable to Calvin Ridley on the other side. He's 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 fast, he's big, he's got power. Um, I'd really like to see Cam try to get him the ball more. I think that DJ Moore and Devin Funches could be a very, very good one-two receiver punch. And then when you have McCaffrey out of the backfield, and hopefully Greg Olson can come back healthy. But unfortunately for the Panthers, that's just not really how it worked out in this game. Again, with Greg Olson going down with a foot injury, uh, they didn't really get DJ Moore involved. I think Funches was fine. I think he had seven receptions for about 70, 80 yards. But again, CMC was by far their best offensive player. So hopefully they can pick it up the rest of the season. I know that they're looking to compete in a tough NFC South and really even in a tough NFC NFC as a whole, the conference, to try to make it to the Super Bowl. So we'll just see how they do the rest of the year. Um, they did lose this week 31-24 to to the Falcons. Do you have any last last second thoughts on that game? I I, I I think we wrapped it up pretty well as a whole. Just to just a comment about what you just said, the um the NFC South. They had three playoff teams last year, or three teams in playoff contention last year, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Fitzmagic now makes the Bucks that, are two and zero. Oh. Fitzmagic makes that division much more interesting. That's so insane. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the season. And we'll just kind of take the NFC South as as it comes. So the next game here was the Texans and the Titans. And this is another game. This is a game that the Titans played bad. I picked the Texans, by the way, for the record. Uh, I did lose. The, the Titans won 20-17. But they didn't play good. They didn't play good at all. But they still won. I know the Texans played really well. Um, the receivers at least played very well. Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about the diggs thielen combo stack line. Check this one out. It's not quite as good, but it's still very, very impressive. Oh, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins combined for 14 receptions for 223 yards. That's incredible in itself. But then I think they each had a touchdown. So they got two touchdowns combined as well. So not nearly as many catches, probably because of a, a younger quarterback in Deshaun Watson, uh, especially coming back from that injury. You can't expect him to play at the level of, of that Kirk Cousins has played at, but Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins still really, really played out of their minds to really help the Texans keep it close. I'm really not sure how they lost this game. Uh, I... The Titans just had a team effort, I guess. They they did enough to pull it together. I know Blaine Gabbert started. They ran the Wildcat for a few plays there at Keegan. I don't know if you saw, but Derrick Henry almost looked like the best quarterback on the field for the Titans in that game. Crazy. I wouldn't doubt it. 
I wouldn't doubt it either. But I, I think that's really enough about that game. It was really nothing special, just an ugly game. I don't know if you have any any thoughts on it, but I mean, there was a really cool fake punt touchdown. Play. Oh, I forgot about it, that. That's probably the reason they won, right? So I mean, yeah, exactly. You can't really point to the offense or defense of the Titans and say that's why they won. They won because they caught the Texans by surprise on one perfect call. I actually you saw know? that that was the first time that two defenders hooked up for a touchdown in NFL history. There I guess go. the somebody on defense was playing on the on the punt team. Two Correct. people yeah. apparently, um, and the one threw it to the other. So. Yeah, there you go. There I was mean, his history made all around. Th- yeah, through two games, the Titans are really just a, a big question mark leaning towards the negative trend because Mariota still hasn't been able to put it together. He still hasn't been able to stay healthy. Henry hasn't been able to put it together on the field. You know, Corey Davis is starting to emerge, but is he going to have that quarterback consistency that a receiver needs? He's getting a lot of targets, Corey Davis is, especially now without uh, Delaney Walker. Expect him to get a lot more. Yep. Uh, He's really going to have to step up for this team to do well. Exactly. So uh, our next sponsor, actually, before we move on, uh, requested specifically to be put after the Titans game because they play in Tennessee, and Tennessee loves its barbecue sauce is our sponsor here. Everyone always says ketchup makes a dish taste better, but everybody's wrong. It's barbecue sauce. You put it on everything, especially when you're grilling, you're dipping, you're smothering. You smother it all over everything, all over the stuff. It is finger looking good. Uh, Sorry, KFC, maybe we should reword that. It is licking finger good, we'll call it. I'll I'll save you from a lawsuit there, barbecue sauce. Uh, Eat barbecue sauce at the next tailgate many will be sure to enjoy that last sentence makes me believe that people are going to enjoy you eating barbecue sauce instead of them eating barbecue sauce themselves where do we find these uh <laughs> these sponsors at oh they're killing me but all right so barbecue sauce uh, eat it at your tailgates eat it when you're watching the game just eat barbecue sauce man yeah i like it on ribs it's real good I agree. I definitely agree. So now we move on to the cards, the dreaded cards we alluded to earlier uh, when talking about the Chargers. Thankfully, I picked the Rams to win. I saw the writing on the wall for the Cardinals. This was a barn burner. This was 34 to nothing. Rams. There was really no contest here. There's nothing really to talk about. The Cardinals are a, a lost cause right now until further notice. They are. I I do think that there's a couple things to highlight here. Uh, despite really the uncompetitive nature of this game, I think that especially the Rams defense, the Rams defense was, was the MVP here, I think. Uh, listen to these stats. They held Sam Bradford, who I... I think we all think is an okay quarterback. Um, you know, he's never done anything super special. He did have that season where he did break the completion percentage record. I think somewhere right around 72, 73%. Uh, but beyond that, he, he's never done all that well. Uh, his stats in this game against the Rams, and, and this is why the Rams were so impressive. He was 17 for 27 for 90 yards. No touchdowns and an interception. The Cardinals as a whole were held to under 150 total yards on offense by the Rams. And on that Cardinals offense is first bout Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald still balling out of his mind at this point of his career. 
and arguably the best, most dynamic running back in the game, David Johnson. They really contained them both. Uh, I think you can credit Sue, Donald, and, and Brockers for that on the defensive line there for the Rams. But the Cardinals just looked bad. Yeah, it's tough to really worry about this performance because the Rams are such a good defense. It was the first week's performance a little more, but still, yeah, a, less than 150 yards of offense or whatever you said and um, not crossing the 50-yard line until the very end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think within, I think it was the last minute of the game, garbage time. They that, crossed the 50 for the first time. That's just that's just really bad. That's That's all hands on deck, red alert, something's wrong. The coaching staff, something, I'm I'm not sure, but... It's not looking good over there. Yeah, they got to get it together. Yeah, they do. So I I think that really wraps it up for this game. It wasn't very exciting. It was a blowout from the start. The Rams played awesome. The Cardinals didn't. That's pretty much the story. Yeah, Todd Gurley's really good at running the football. He certainly, certainly is. And catching the football as well. So the Lions and the Niners are next. Um, I did pick the Niners. They almost blew it. They were up big for a while. The Lions almost made a comeback. But the Niners did hold on, getting me the win, getting themselves the win is all, probably more importantly to them. Uh, they did win 30-27. to 27. But we'll, we'll talk about the Lions here first. You know, three wide receivers for them really got it done, and that really highlights their lack of running game. They're trying to split the run game between two or three running backs. It's not really working out for them. The Lions have never been really known to run the ball, though. They've always been a pass-happy team, especially with Matt Stafford. Uh, Like I said, the three receivers got it done. Golden Tate, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, Tate had over 100 yards, while Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones both had, had touchdowns. But it just wasn't enough to to match handsome Jimmy Garoppolo who put up 30 points on the Lions. If there's one thing I notice on that side of the ball, they spread it out a lot. And maybe that's just because Marquise Goodwin wasn't there, but they spread it out a lot. Everybody contributes. Their running game is obviously a little banged up with McKinnon not not being there for the season. He did tear his ACL before the season started. But Matt Breida, you know, he had a slow week, week one, but... He lit it up. I think he was 10 for 138 and a touchdown on the ground. So he really is seems to be the guy that's stepping up over Alfred Morris when it comes to the running game for them. Do you have any any last-minute thoughts, opinions, questions about this game, Keegan? No, I just really think that Detroit can run the ball if they gave the best running back the ball. But they Who might that be? Carry on Johnson. Agreed. He's definitely the most talented running back on the team, and that's why I don't understand them continuing to use Blunt, continuing to use Riddick. Blunt has always been better in small doses. He's a short yardage guy. He's a specialty guy. Carry on has all the skills that they're looking for in a running back, and they always say every year they want to establish the run game, but they never can. Because they don't give the talented guy the ball. But that being said, I think the Lions will be better than their first two games indicate. Their 0-2 record? Yeah. Um, in the division, that's another story because they're in the NFC North. That's a tough division there. 
Correct. Um, it's going to be tough. So, yeah. All right. Well, then that wraps up the Lions-Niners. Again, the Niners did win 30-27 uh, to 27 there. This next game might have been the most intense game of the week. Raiders-Broncos. And I'll call it the most intense game because it's really, I understand that the Vikings-Packers tied, so it literally went down to the last second of extra time. But this, is, this game was decided at the last second, really, uh, with McManus salvaging my record, I believe, this week by making a last-second field goal to put the Broncos over the Raiders 20-19. to Now, if you watch this game, the Raiders dominated the beginning part of the game, probably the first half. Amari Cooper... Amari Cooper, known for having he the dropsies, known for having the dropsies, but hey, 10 targets, 10 catches, 100 and, 109 yards, 103 yards, something like that. Um, hopefully he can keep that up, but it, it wasn't quite enough for the Raiders to do it. That defense let them down at the end of the game. Who knows, maybe they missed Khalil Mack a little bit, but the Broncos did it. Uh, Case Keenum did just enough to sneak out a win. He had a rushing touchdown. I don't think he had any passing touchdowns. He did throw an interception or two. And those are becoming an issue. Last year, I think he only had seven interceptions all season last year at the Vikings. This season, through two games, he already has four. So that's becoming a major issue for Case Keenum that the Broncos are going to have to correct if they want to sustain their success so far this season. They're, I know that they've won two very close games. Uh, they beat the Seahawks by three, and then they just beat the Raiders by one. But, hey, 2-0 is 2-0. But they're going to have to definitely correct Case Keenum's inaccuracies at this point in the season to really try to contend long-term, especially with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders out wide. So I believe that I believe that that's probably enough for that game. Uh, again, the Broncos did win 20-19. We will jump to what I believe was pegged as the game of the week. Patriots and the Jaguars. Rematch. Rematch of the AFC Championship game. Possible preview of this year's AFC Championship game. We'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out. But for now, it's just week two. And the Jags had their revenge. 31-20 to over New England. Uh, they got themselves the win. Uh, they also got me the win. Blake Bortles looks like he's improving. Keelan Cole... The undrafted free agent is really stepping up to be their number one receiver there. And really what looked like their best offensive weapon, especially with uh, Leonard Fournette being out. Do you agree with that, Keegan? Oh, yeah. I'd say that Keelan Cole is probably the best receiver on the team right now. Um, Yeah, this game really proved to me that Bortles can handle the load um, when he's forced to throw. Um, The Jags D, though, is just... They'll always keep him in games. They'll always, um, you know, give him a chance. They're, they're a special group. That defense is legit. And this game, like you said, it, it proved to you that Blake Bortles can really handle the pressure and handle the load. This game proved to me that that defense is still legit. Not that it really needed much proving, but it even more so proved to me that the Jags as a whole are legit. They can really do it this season. If they can keep this up and keep it together, they're really a force to be reckoned with. Um, the Patriots, on the other hand, for years and years and years have been that force to reckon with in the AFC, but 
they may be seeing some other teams try to take over, and that might be why they went out and traded for Josh Gordon, giving up a fifth-round pick. How do you think that impacts the the Patriots? Well, it's tough to say because the Patriots have always been such a revolving door with their talent. Um, running backs, wide receivers, they come, they go. No names that you never heard of will blow up on the Patriots, and yet people that you expect to really do good might fade away into obscurity on the Patriots. So it's really just... You just really don't know how they're going to use him. I mean, he's a physical specimen. He's a great receiver. He was one of the top receivers back when he first debuted in 2012, was it? So, And we haven't really seen him play much since. So if anyone can use him the right way, it's Bill Belichick. So it it's an exciting, it's an exciting prospect to have Josh Gordon on a team where Tom Brady's throwing him the ball. I can agree with that. I I think you said it perfectly. And then getting back to this game here, where did Gronk go? They double team the Jaguars. That is double teamed Gronk a lot in the red zone. Uh, he only had two catches for 15 yards. He really wasn't able to get much going. You can tell that the Jaguars really schemed to stop Gronk, and they said Tom Brady beat us with everybody else, especially since Edelman is out. Hogan did step up. He did have two touchdowns. I think he only had three catches, though, so he didn't have a huge day. Just happened to get the two touchdowns. But largely, again, that Jaguars defense really stumped the Patriots. Tom Brady didn't have too much of an answer there. Yeah, he looked human, and I think this performance is a good reason why they might have gone out to get Josh Gordon because if you double-team someone like Gronk, Josh Gordon's wide open and vice versa. So that gives Brady two big targets to use in the field, and that you know that can only mean good things. But yeah, the the Jags did everything right that they didn't do last year in the championship game, and they proved that they were the better team then, and they are now. So I, I think personally, I think the Jags are going to be the the class of the AFC, and I think this game proved it. The Jags are here to stay. Absolutely, the, these Jacksonville Jaguars are here to stay. And before we get to the two primetime games, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, we have our final sponsor here, probably my favorite sponsor, which is beer. The primetime game segment is brought to you by beer. Cold and carbonated and bitter and delicious. Beer is good with everything, especially football and grilling and living it up. Have some with your friends, your neighbor, mow the lawn with one. The American way begins with a beer. Drink some beer man i do love me some beer it's good stuff as a giants fan i really feel like i needed a beer probably a few beers yeah i bet you during that game sunday night that's the next game on the docket i did pick the giants i'm disappointed my first note for this game all it says is giants o-line sucks yeah, I think that's really the only thing you have to say. I mean, the Giants have some of the best skill players in all of football, and they can't get them the ball quick enough. It's it's remarkable. It sucks. You want to see Saquon Barkley in space. You want to see OBJ at the top of a route instead of right when the route's breaking because Eli has to get rid of the ball. But these are things that aren't a reality because that O-line is as porous as a sponge. 
This is the state of the New York Giants, and I don't think anything sums it up better than that Manning face, that Eli face that we saw after he got crushed by two defenders on Dallas. He for looked a like sack. his spirit left his body. Man, that face. He looked like he saw a ghost. That face summed up the game for the Giants. Uh, he the, looked like he pooped himself a little. He might have. He, he did. He might have pooped himself. Poop yourself, Eli? I think so. Dallas' defense, though, did look legit, which is probably why Eli pooped himself a little bit. They have looked legit through two weeks now. They have a pass rush, which, yeah. which was their biggest issue. They held a Carolina team expected to roll over them to under 20 points in week one. And, you know, taking what we said about the O-line, they still took it to them all night. They never let up. Absolutely not. The offense, though, in Dallas is still questionable. I do think that the – and Keegan, please tell me if I'm just being a homer and biased here. But I do think that the Giants' defense is actually pretty good. Uh, I don't think that giving up 20 points a game is, is unreasonable. I think the Giants' main issue is just their offense and their offensive line. Um but Dallas just, they had that one big play, I think, on their first or second drive to Tavon Austin, that 65, 70-yard touchdown pass, where it looked like Janoris Jenkins just almost slipped at the beginning of that route, and that's why Austin was so open. But other than that, I mean, yeah, they, they scored another touchdown somewhere in there, but their offense really looked flat as a whole, in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, they really haven't been able to get anything going yet. You know, this... This was, and it could be because the Giants' D is good. I don't think you're being a homer with that. Um, you know, um, the Jags, who just took it to the Pats this week, the Giants held to 20 points last week. You know, and that was this a hard-fought defensive battle. So I don't think that's unfair to say that they're pretty solid defense so far through two games. But, yeah, the Cowboys just, Zeke doesn't look right. Dak doesn't look right. I don't know. They're calling 167 yards, you know, getting back on track for Dak. It's like, I'm not really sure what they want to be either. You know, they got one of the best running backs in football. They're still trying to throw the ball over the field a bit, and it it just doesn't make much sense. I'm not really sure what Jason Garrett's trying to do there, but they won. Yeah, whatever it is that he's trying to do, it, it worked enough. It worked enough. So I guess that's really all that needs oh, it was, to be. Oh, it was 20 to 13, right? So yeah. the Giants D held. Yeah, 20 points again. Held two opponents in a row yep. to 20 points. And the only reason it was that close is I believe Evan Ingram scored a garbage time touchdown. Right. So it, it really wasn't as close as the score seems. But again, I think that's just more of a product of the Giants offensive line and offensive woes as a whole. Yeah. I truly think that the Giants and Cowboys will probably be the bottom two teams in the NFC East. I at, think uh at this rate, you're not yeah. wrong. I think the Redskins will probably break even or so and I think the Eagles will win the division again. Yes. Partially sir. homer pick, but no, so, so far that does <laughs> not realistic as well. So far that does not look like a bad bet. Yeah. So we'll move on to the Monday night game here. Uh this game though the score is twenty four to seventeen was really ugly. It was kind of an ugly game. I did pick the Bears at home. They did pull out the win. The Seahawks have nobody on offense. They have Russell Wilson and Will Disley. Will Disley. Where this did this guy. man come from? Where did he come from? I feel like the the Seahawks always have just this random tight end that comes out of nowhere and does it. 
And he does pretty well for really the majority of the season, I feel like. Yeah, similar to Luke Wilson with two L's in years prior. Yep. Um, now all of a sudden, Will Disley comes out of nowhere. Week one has a huge game. Last night has a touchdown to bring it sort of like the Ingram touchdown, bring it a little closer than it seemed. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Seahawks are just similar to the Giants. They just have too many offensive line woes. Not enough people on the offense to get the ball out to. Their run game's non-existent. It's it might be it might be a very negative year for 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 Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um, we'll see when Doug Baldwin comes back how well he even can play. Um, but yeah, the Bears though the Bears defense is real. So let's just yes, <laughs> Khalil Khalil Mack. Yes, Khalil. I he was definitely worth two first round picks. I mean, I guess we we'll never really know. Well, we'll know five years from now because we don't know what those picks are going yeah, we'll to turn into. A little while. Who knows? Maybe the Raiders make those picks to Khalil Max. It's highly unlikely, and and probably definitely not going to happen. But we'll Chicago just, is thankful either way. Yes, either way, I'm sure Chicago will not regret this trade at all. He's the real difference maker. He's the best player on that football team. Uh, he's really him himself is really the reason they won that game. I think that Mitchell Trubisky did enough. He was a game manager. I think he looked like a very young Alex Smith at the beginning of the game, really throughout the whole game. The only player that was really able to get it going, I know Trey Burton had the touchdown for them, but the only player to really get it going was A-Rob, Allen Robinson. He, he was 10 for 89, 10 for 83. Uh, that, that's a fine performance. He, he moved the sticks. He was reliable when they threw it to him. So yeah, the the Bears pulled it out, twenty four to seventeen. They look like uh, they look like their defense is going to carry them. Yeah, the offense is going to have growing pains. You know, that comes with the territory. Um, you could tell even before the 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 Khalil Mack trade that they were going to count on their defense to sort of keep them in in the games and sort of oh yeah, of course keep that buffer. You know, keep the process kind of as painless as possible while they wait for Mitch to to develop. And uh, now it's going to pay off more than ever. I think they're going to be able to lean on that defense very far and maybe even make the playoffs because of that defense. Um, they, they look legit, and I think Mitch, he started off a little slow, a little conservative, but I think he's going to – I think he'll, he'll be airing it out before too long here. And I think, I think that offense – had high expectations coming into the season for the Bears offense, and I think that they're really going to um, meet those expectations sooner or later this season. I agree. I, I think that between last year and the first two games this year, we've seen some development from Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, some spark. And I think that that just really kind of continues over the course of the season. So, But other than that, like I said, it was kind of just an ugly game. I know Shaquille Griffin actually had two picks for the Saints, or the, the Seahawks, that is. He was probably really the highlight for the Seahawks during this game. But other than that, I don't really think there's a, that there's anything else to mention about this game. So that'll really kind of wrap up the... Oh, the, the last The one. review, yeah, that was the last game. All right, so I got a question for you. What's up? Mitchell Trubisky, Josh Allen... Sam Darnold. Jets, Bills, Bears. Who do you got? 
who do I got as far as do you mean what team I think is going to do best? Who what quarterback I think is going to be best over their career? Who what team is going to have success now? What what, what is this team, based on? What team is going to be best at the end of this year, and which quarterback is going to be the best? And do those answers change? The Bears are going to be the best because of that defense. But I think that I think that over the course of their career, I think Josh Allen is going to be the better of the three, but I think that for this season, Sam Darnold is going to be the best guy. So I kind of really ah. picked – I almost picked all three there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's very interesting. Without realizing. Yeah, I, I, have three very diff- I have three very different opinions on all these guys. Yeah, I just thought it was very similar while we were talking. You know, those offenses are opening up and they're developing, and it's really interesting to see. And, well, as long as the Bills actually do give Josh Allen the reins and don't, you know – Yeah, we'll have to see, especially stick there. Stick to Peterman. Oh, no. Sean McDermott. Don't anyway, do it. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, I I would like to quickly do the Thursday night pre- um, oh, perfect. picks here, the Thursday night preview here, and we'll do the picks. Hey, it's a, it's isn't it Darnold in there? Yeah, hey, yeah. Darnold is actually playing this weekend. We He's Or on Thursday, not this weekend. He, they're playing Cleveland in Cleveland, Jets versus Browns. Oh, jeez. I don't have any notes on this game. I need to be talked into picking when you're here. I don't want to pick anybody. I don't want to pick anybody in this game. That's tough. The Browns' defense looks really good. I the think Jets that they defense looks pretty good, too. They do. They do. I think that Sam Darnold could have some problems, especially with Miles Garrett rushing. Denzel Ward has been playing pretty good. The Browns' first fourth <laughs> overall pick, they had, they had two first-round picks. Spoiler alert, they picked Baker Mayfield number one and passed on Darnold. But I'll digress there. But, man, this game. Who's got the better skill position, you think? Well, let's see. The Browns have... That's a tough one. That is a tough one. The Browns have Landry Calloway and Joku Hyde Hyde and Duke Johnson. Johnson. They have Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb doesn't really seem to be doing too much right now. I know he's still a rookie, so we won't really count him in this. And then we'll jump over to the Jets. They have Anunua, Robbie Anderson, uh, Powell, and Crowell. They have Jermaine Curse as well. Is there another guy over there? Um, I don't, I don't know who their tight end is right now. Sims, maybe? Maybe. Deion Sims? I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to stat check that. Yeah, stat check that while I try to talk myself into picking a winner here. Both defenses are good, as we've stated. I think that Sam Darnold, again, could have some issues with this Browns defense. They're, they're good, especially in Cleveland. Uh, while the Jets defense is also good, Tyrod is a veteran quarterback. He has never really been one to turn the ball over. He'll he'll tuck it and run before he he throws an interception. Of course, he's going to throw some. I mean, he's not going to be perfect, but he'll he'll tuck it and run, which he's very very capable of doing. So it certainly sounds like I'm talking myself into the Browns here. But do I really trust Cleveland to finally get a win? After not getting a win at all last season, not having a win through the first two weeks this year, and then even dating back to, I think, 2016, they lost their last game of the season. So they're on that 16-17. They've lost 18 of their last 19 games with a tie last week. So I think that they beat the Jets. I'm going to do it. Give me Cleveland at home on Thursday Night Football, baby. And their first win in their many, first, many years. It feels like forever. Excellent. Uh, I I also do, I've I've been taking some advice on some things maybe to make a little different. 
and I've heard the advice say, you know, maybe picking some scores for the games. So I decided that while I'm not going to pick them for all 16 games uh, throughout the week, I will pick. I will try to predict the the prime time games. And Thursday night is certainly a prime time game. So we will go Cleveland 27. And I'm writing this down. Cleveland 27 in pen. The Jets 23. Whoa. 27 23. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the Jets' tight end is Clive Walford, by the way. That makes no difference to me whatsoever. But I appreciate it. If it was somebody else, it'd make he, a difference. Yeah, but he was not really a. Uh, not that Clive Walford's a, a bad good guy. Chime into the skill position. But did you come down on one there? Who's got the better skill, guys? I I do think that it is Cleveland. Interesting. Yeah. By a ed- little bit. And the edge goes to them. By a little bit, just because I I think that Jarvis Landry is just that next level kind of receiver. Uh, he's never he's been really one feast now that Josh Gordon's not there. Absolutely, and he's never been one to get the the yards more so just the catches. But he's gotten some yards this season so far. So right. I, it looks like that they're trying to keep it up, especially getting rid of Josh Gordon. Um, while I don't think that Jarvis Landry takes that Josh Gordon role, I think that more so goes to Antonio Callaway. Callaway's still a rookie, so they're definitely going to lean on Jarvis a little bit more in the passing game. So I wonder who the third they brought up. Rashad Higgins. Oh, is that is is that? He's our number three. Gotcha. That's uh, what I thought it was. And then, like we said, they have Njoku, and then they have Hyde and Duke Johnson. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Browns 27-23 at home on Thursday night football, and I think that's gonna wrap up episode two Ooh. of the Fresh Football Takes podcast. Epic. Uh, remember to check us out on Twitter at Fresh Football. Join the conversation at hashtag Fresh Football Takes. If you guys want to follow my personal account, it's at AQ Fresh. And then to follow my friend Keegan here, his um, his Twitter is at KeeganRH. And again, join us in the conversation on Twitter at hashtag FreshFootballTakes. Thanks yeah, for listening, cool. guys. We Thank sure you. do love some fucking football. Yeah.